Hello, this is Richard C. Wilson, and welcome to this investor mandate interview. Uh, we have with us uh, Yanev today, who's going to be talking about uh, angel investing, and also he comes from the, the Northeast area of the United States and has been at you know, a few of our events uh, before. So welcome, Yanev. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Great. So um, how would you describe yourself as an investor or your angel investor, angel investment group uh, itself? So um, my group, first of all, my name is Yanni. My group is uh, Mid-Atlantic. We are uh, exclusively a life science angel investor group, which means we invest only in the life sciences and within that in the deep space of the life science, which is therapeutics, devices, and diagnostic companies uh, globally. Okay. So I'm just curious um, because things that require FDA approval sometimes really scare investors. And I'm guessing a percentage of what you guys look at, probably a pretty decent percentage, has either clinical trials or stages to get approved. Any big insights or cautionary you know, insight or lesson you've learned on people who do want to invest in things and they are also kind of scared of what they don't know about right. navigating that that you've learned over time? So first of all, yes, uh, everything that we invest in requires FDA approval. Um, and, and so we, we actually look for that as one of the criteria of the things that we invest in. Okay. Um, my, I think my biggest point on that would be, or suggestion would be, that it really makes sense to invest as part of a group. You know, there are so many points of knowledge that it's difficult for any one person to have. Mm -hmm. And that's why I would never make an investment without the wisdom, the, the crowded, you know, crowd collected wisdom of the group that's within our group. And, uh, you know, by the time everybody weighs in, you're so much wiser and, and uh, you can make such better decisions. So I'd never make decisions on my own. Right. Yeah. And I can definitely see how that would be, especially in such an area that's so complex. You know, we're yes. looking at a chain of dental clinics and we've been able to find three dentists who have sold their chains of dental clinics. So, you know, their ability to look into that deal compared to mine is, you know, just far more deep. And so diversity within your own angel group, I'm sure helps with different types of devices and therapeutics and stuff that, that come through and very much. Yeah, even, yeah. You have to understand both the science and the regulatory and then you have to understand who will pay for it and in what way and you know and when, et cetera. There are so many different things that go into making a decision and, and the success of a product. So it helps sure. to understand all those points of view and have the people involved who know those. Sure, sure. So I'm just curious. I, I would guess that a high percentage of your angel members um, you know, would be people that have, you know, that are doctors or dentists or that made their money already in healthcare. How, how many kind of wandering off the street and just say, hey, I just, I just like healthcare, but it's not my background. I didn't make my money in it. I don't have a doctor degree. What does that look like for you guys? The overwhelming majority of the people in the group uh, are either MDs, as you said, or people who work for pharma and device companies. Um, it takes a certain type of individual to understand both the science as well as the business of the science. Right. Um, you know, so there are the aspects, you know, if you're an MD, you understand the patient part of it, but you may not necessarily understand the commercialization path. Sure. Um, and so there are so many different perspectives as I mentioned before. So we have a group that mostly has those folks, plus a few people, as you say, wandered off the streets with, with different other expertise, you know, such as financial, human resources, and other things like that, that help uh, complete the picture for us, actually. 
Sure, sure. Okay, great. That makes sense. All right, so back to the questions we actually planned on here. So what is the, um, the number one investment opportunity that, that your firm is seeking uh, in 2020? I know we're recording this at the height of the virus crisis, and right before this, you said, well, our investment thesis is really still the same. So what would be the thing that you speak within your group that you really want to source more than anything else? So uh, thesis pretty much remains the same. We realize the timelines are going to be extended. Um, primarily, we look for, first and foremost, strong management. It's the number one thing we invest in. Um, second thing that we, we look for are products that will change the standard of care. So we're not looking for something that's incremental, something that's a little bit better, but it actually has to be a standard of care changer. Uh, and then we're looking for large and growing markets because otherwise uh, you can't support a, an acquisition of a product unless that exists. And the majority of our companies are going to have an exit via M&A. Right. Okay. And what would be your $100,000 piece of advice if an investor is listening to this interview and you can help them avoid fees, avoid a bad deal, get better access to deals, avoid some pain and suffering along the way, something maybe you would have liked to know 10 years ago? I think the, the wisdom of the crowd. I mean, I think you should uh, in, never invest alone. Always invest in a group of people around you. Try to recruit smarter people than you um, and, uh, and have good conversations, open conversations about what you're about to invest in. And, and, and you know, never, never make those investment decisions alone is, is, would be the, my number one uh, suggestion. Sure, sure. Great. And what's the best way to get in touch with you? Is it via LinkedIn or email or? 